Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Best friends forever. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. All right, let's do this. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stample here, hopefully joined by Greg Sussman at some point today. I have no idea what's going on, but welcome to the show. Happy Thursday, everybody. Got a nice one planned for you today. Going to talk a lot about Chris Hale. Obviously, is he back? Is he legit? Got a lot of injury updates. And we're going to be joined right here in the first segment by our good buddy, friend of the program, former major leaguer, Brad Ziegler. Brad, what's going on, man? How's everything going? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Frank? I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Uh, you heard the promo before the show. I'm not a big politics guy, more of a video games guy. Uh, where do you kind of land on that spectrum, or is it a little bit of both for you? Uh, definitely more of a video game guy than a politics guy, uh, but, but I, I, I would say I dabble a little in politics. I at least want to be aware of what's going on. I uh, definitely, in the climate in today's world, I definitely don't like getting involved in a, in a deep discussion with it because... Uh, I, I just feel like the majority of people are not open-minded. They won't listen to your side of anything. Um, they just feel like they're, they're, they're so set in their ways um, that it's not even worth having a discussion because you're just going to end up fighting. And I appreciate that immensely, Greg. You missed the beginning of his answer right there. He says, more of a video game guy. He wants to, wants to know basically what's going on in the world of politics. Doesn't dive into it all that much. Uh, that's probably where I should meet in the middle, too. I should probably know somewhat what's going on in the world. It's not just politics, Frank. I don't it's, really know it's, anything, it's knowing Brad, outside who the of second president of the United baseball, States was. football, some video game stuff. And that's pretty much where the end of my knowledge ends. Pretty much it. Greg, how's everything going, buddy? It's going all right, man. My first miss of the week. So that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, it only, it only took till Thursday for you not to be here. First, first miss of the week. It's pretty good. I'll how's it that. going, man? We got Brad online. I know. I, I, I saw. I heard the answer. I, I feel good. Brad, how are you, man? Doing well, Greg. Doing all right? I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm, we're surviving. Good. We're surviving. That's, that's all we can do. You can keep going. I'm, oh, yeah. You, you want me to host the show now, Greg? Right, they, I'll host the show. That's Greg Sussman. I'm Frank Stanfield. As I mentioned, we're here with former Major Leaguer Brad Ziegler. Uh, we have him on every Thursday here on the program. Kind of pick his brain a little bit about what's going on in the world of baseball and get a different perspective. You hear all the perspectives from me and Greg, the nerdy stats, the underlying numbers, but you get a little bit of a different perspective here from Brad course, he's going to use some numbers, but he also gives you the perspective of a major leaguer, something that we obviously cannot talk about. I played high school baseball. I played some beer league softball once I graduated college. That's the extent of my athleticism. Well, let's start right here, Brad, with, uh, with Lucas Giolito. Really interesting. Um, comes back this week, got off to a solid start to the year, landed on the IL early on. He's doing some different things this year. He's getting more strikeouts, getting more swings and misses. What I specifically wanted to ask you about was... He was the top pitching prospect in baseball the past couple of years. He was humbled. He was, over the past you know, two seasons, he's actually looked like one of the worst starting pitchers in baseball to start off his career. Still only 24 years old. What have you seen from him? Uh, and do you believe that he can still 
turn this around. It's crazy to say we're, we're, we're talking about it like that. He's still only 24 years old, but a lot of people were writing this guy off, and now it looks like he's coming around a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely coming around. He, he you know, I don't know. I don't know when you say, can you turn it around? I don't know if he's going to be the guy that, that you think of as being like the, the ace of a staff and, and one of the top three or four pitchers in the league. I'm not seeing that out of him, even though he's pitching better for sure. He's, he's definitely got some confidence going. Um, I think he's going to, he's got a chance to be a really good pitcher in the big leagues. And, and, but you know, I, I see him more as maybe a two or three starter. Um, just, just um, a, a good, you know, should be able to go deep into games uh, when, you know, when he starts kind of figuring that aspect of it out. Uh, but you see his command is better this year. Um there, there's a lot of things that I, I think he probably went back and worked on. And, you, you know, a lot of times you just kind of got to kind of trust your stuff. You got to um, get back to basics and, and understand, like, look, I was I was viewed as the top pitching prospect for a long time for a reason. I need to focus on those strengths. What what were my strengths? And then what are a few things that I need to work on to kind of harness those strengths? And, and I think you're seeing the the, you know, the the result of hard work at this point. So I, on top of that, I kind of find this interesting, right? Like you're the top pitching prospect for so long. And you get to the big leagues, and we saw this with a guy like Carter Keboom a little while ago, where it doesn't work, right? Like you get up there, everything worked for years in high school, in college, in single A, double A, triple A. You get to the majors, and it all doesn't work. You strike out a ton, or a hitter, you strike out a ton. As a pitcher, you strike out nobody. What is that reaction when you then get sent back down or you get banished to the bullpen? How do you come back from that? Uh, you know, I, I think um, a lot of guys, you, you kind of have that reality check, especially when you're a top prospect and, and you've kind of been handed everything along the way. Um, it, it's, you know, you the, those first, second round picks get a lot more opportunities than guys in the 10th, 12th, 30th round. Um, you know, if you have a, a rough season and you're drafted that, that late, you're, you're, you know, basically done and they'll send you to the independent leagues. Um, it's, it's different when you, you get that opportunity and you have pitching coaches that are trying to figure you out because they feel like their job's on the line. Their job is to develop these elite prospects and make them into the big leaguers that, that these scouts and, and GM thought whenever they drafted them. It's, it can be tough mentally because uh, the, the thing that a lot of guys try to do when they first come up is especially guys with expectations is you try to meet those expectations immediately. You try to do too much. You try to be a little better than what you were that got you there. And and the thing about Giolito to me is he never really had, he had some good strikeout numbers and, and stuff in the minors, but he never really had just completely dominant seasons where you're like, wow, you know, like look at Chris Paddock's numbers in the minor leagues and you'll see what I'm talking about. Those were completely dominant every step along the way. It was like there are zero questions about this guy. Giolito, Giolito had lumps along the way, and, and it made me wonder um, if if so much of you know there there are a lot of things now with analytics where you it's a lot more results based than it used to be. Um, it used to be you project this guy if he's six four two twenty he throws hard he's got a projectable frame he's probably going to throw harder that's the guy we want to take. Now you start looking at as guys move up in the ranks of the minor leagues. Yes, there there is projection there, but you also want to start to see them have some success. And you feel like a guy who was a lead of a, a prospect as he was when he was in the minors should have had more success in the minor leagues than he did. And he still kept getting promoted and still kept getting promoted. It was kind of like they're, they're trying to make this work before maybe before he's ready. And, and maybe now he's just starting to kind of figure himself out a little bit and and start to start to believe in in who he was instead of who people were telling him he was. 
And I think that's not completely uncommon in baseball, Greg, just overall for prospects. Sometimes it takes a few years to figure it out. Look at Giolito's teammate, Yuan Moncada. It's taken a few years for him. He was striking out a ton, and now he's coming around this year. It looks like he's having that breakout season we all thought that he was capable of. So sometimes it takes a longer time for some of these prospects. They don't just come up right away, and they take the world by storm. We've seen that with Carter Keboom. He gets sent back down for the Washington Nationals. Um, that's been a big topic of conversation this week. Lucas Giolito, obviously, uh, looks like he's doing some things differently, throwing his change up a little bit more. So uh, I agree with a lot of what you said, Brad. I think he has to trust in his stuff. Command has been a huge key for him. Still struggling a little bit with the walks, but if you watch him pitch, he is ultimately commanding those pitches a little bit better. Still just want to see him uh, rein in some of those walks. You mentioned one name here that I do also want to ask you about. Someone who's done it a little bit differently than Giolito. Someone who's done it a little bit differently than Yuan Mankata. And that is Chris Paddock. You mentioned him. Second lowest ERA in baseball right now at 1.55. All throughout the minor leagues, low ERAs, high strikeout rates, low walk rates, doing exactly what you want him to do. And he's come up and he's just been awesome. That, that game the other night against the Mets and, and against Jacob deGrom was just one of the better pitching duels that I've seen so far this season. It might, it might go down as one of the better ones when it's all said and done this year. Uh, but overall, from a fantasy owner, when you hear about a, an innings limit, 130 to 150 innings pitched, should we be trying to sell this guy high right now because he's just dominating? You, you have to have it in the back of your mind later on in the season during your playoffs or down the stretch for Roto. You might not have this guy. What do you do if you're a fantasy owner? How does a pitcher react, a young pitcher react, when he's told uh, that he's going to be on an innings limit? Uh, what goes into that decision? Just talk about that entire process. Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, I being a reliever my whole career, I never had an, uh, an innings limit of any kind. But the Padres are right in the thick of things in the NL West at this point, you know, five, six weeks into the season. So at that point, you got to think like they've got to think long term. We we want to potentially have this guy around come October, or at least September. How do we do that without, you know, killing his future? And, and I think what you're going to end up seeing is it's it, probably earlier than than later. They're going to move him to the bullpen, in my opinion, um, and, and probably, you know, keep him in a good rhythm where they can, you know, manage his workload a little bit. They can control whether or not he starts innings, give him plenty of time to warm up and then save some of those innings for October whenever it really matters and they need him on the mound more than one inning at a time. But just let him pitch, you know, two two innings a week. Um, basically treat it almost kind of like just constant bullpen sessions, but he's facing hitters. He's he's feeling the adrenaline of the game. Um, I If it was me, I, I from a fantasy standpoint, if you're okay with having him a, as a reliever, only getting a couple innings a week, then you hang on to him because those innings are likely to be very, very dominant. Um, at the same time, um, if if you need him as a starter, you need a starter with innings. Then then I mean, I, you can't get any more than you're going to get for him right now. You're you're going to be able to sell high and be able to go to go to another team and basically pluck any two or three players off their team you want if they need starting pitching. So um, I, to me, that's how I would treat it. Um, I, I really think the Padres feel like they can win right now. And that's the reason he started on the team out of spring training. There was, you know, it, they, they didn't go the route of, of uh, the other teams have done where they send guys down, uh, you know, think Vlad Guerrero Jr. Send him down for a month, um, basically just to control his clock. The Padres are like, no, this guy makes us better. We want to win right now. We need him out there. And and I think they're going to try to do what they can to keep him out there. But I will say from a fantasy perspective, and I mentioned this on my podcast last week, 
we were talking about young hitters versus young pitchers, and I strongly believe that that young pitchers have a better chance to succeed throughout a year than long, young hitters do when they're in, in their first year in the big leagues, first full season. Because with hitters, you start getting a very deep video repertoire, scouting report repertoire on them because their at-bats pile up quick. You get a starting pitcher that's out there every five days. A team may not even face him until August or, or whatever. They it, It's totally different when you see a guy – in the box all the time compared to a pitcher that you may not see starting pitchers in my opinion are much safer buys when they're young if you're going after them than a guy like Vlad Guerrero a guy like Carter Keboom I think you're going to find that the hitters take the lumps a lot more early in their career it's very rare that you see a hitter from start to finish um, in his rookie year or in a second year even um, just be really solid and consistent all year long but you see that out of starting pitchers you've seen it out of Walker Bueller uh, last year and and that you know that's that's just one example but I, I feel like there are a lot more pitchers that that produce those examples than hitters yeah and I think that's a really good point Greg we've seen that with Paddock early on here we've seen it with uh, Griffin Canning not that he's you know, lit the world on fire. The strikeouts have been there for him. The swinging strikes have been there. So I think it's a good point. The, the young pitchers might be at, at a little bit more of an advantage than some of these hitters. I wanted to follow up, Brad. You, you, you mentioned how the, the mental side of Chris Paddock would handle it, right? The, the innings limit, just throwing a couple of innings, uh, a couple of days a week, and just trying to stay in, in the mix there. But how do your teammates handle that, right? The Padres are pushing to make the playoffs. And we went through with Matt Harvey a couple of years ago where Scott, he was coming off Tommy John surgery and, and Scott Boris is like, well, he's not going to pitch more than this. And this happened with Strasburg early in his career. Sure, too. absolutely. Yeah. It was a couple of years before that where Strasburg was shut down and this, that, looking back six years ago now, was the Nationals' best chance at winning a World Series and they shut him down. For Matt Harvey, it was the Mets' best chance at winning a World Series. They went to the World Series and Harvey was a major, major part of that. This year, I have no idea what the Padres will ultimately be. It's May 9th, for God's sakes. But if we're in August, and Paddock hasn't been shut down yet, and he is still their best pitcher, how does the team react to that? We know how the fans react to that. How does a guy like Chris Paddock react to that? Uh yeah. Knowing the competitive drive that he has, like you, you watch him on the mound and you see how competitive he is. I'm going to tell you right now, he, if they give him the ball, he's taking it, and he's not going to listen to anything that's being said kind of in the peripheral. I'm sure they're communicating with him. Um, Andy Green is a really good communicator. He was he was a, a bench coach or, or base coach for us in, in Arizona when I was there, and, and I liked him a lot. I thought he was really good at, at relating to players. And because of that, I think there's going to be good communication there. He's going to be on the same page as the front office and and understand, ultimately, from their standpoint, this is a business. And winning the World Series or getting into the World Series is, is part of that business model. And they will understand what that could do for their franchise and, and the long-term uh, outlook of this team and, and getting more free agents to come in like Machado, like Eric Hosmer, if, if that opportunity is there and then all of a sudden people see like, wow, this team is ready to take that step. I, that's a team I might be interested in going on. Obviously San Diego is a beautiful city. Um, so, so it, it, it affects a lot of things and they're, they're factoring all that in. It's, it's not just like this one aspect of it. So um, I, 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 like I said, I think they're going to manage his innings earlier in the season to make him eligible or, or available for them later in the season uh, because there's no way, you know, similar to, to what, you know, the, the Harvey situation, um, there's no way you've got a shot to win if you're San Diego without this kid in, in the rotation in October.
There is absolutely no way. And that's why I said this a couple weeks to you, Frank, that I, I'm with Brad. They're going to limit him now and shorter, in, not the last start, but shorter innings, uh, long breaks, because if they truly are serious about this push, and they started Fernando Tostis uh, on the Major League roster, they started Chris Paddock on the Major League roster, if they are serious about this push, they're going to make sure they have Paddock available. Yeah, so that might be, you know, skipping him through the rotation a few times here earlier on in the season in May, June, July, uh, so that they can have him later on. It's a, it could turn out to be a frustrating situation for fantasy owners, so that's why I do tend to agree with what Brad said. Look, if you play in Keeper or Dynasty, as I said the other day, I don't want to give up Chris Paddock. I, I'm not going to give him up for anything, but if you play in Redraft and you do have concerns about not having him some weeks or not having him down the stretch or... You know, him being used as a reliever potentially at some points, then I think you have to toy with the idea of seeing what you could get from Greg. Brad, we've talked about a lot of young players. You want to hang out with us for another five minutes to talk about some old veterans who you probably know pretty well? Sounds good. Awesome. All right, we'll take a break here. Brad Ziegler will stick with us on the other side to break down Chris Sale and Clayton Kershaw. Stick around. More on the way from your BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuses. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Game Time Decisions Sometimes I wake up and I'm, I'm hungover I'm like, oh, I'll go to the book And I'm like, I would have been better off just not waking up Like how many Sundays have you sort of forced yourself Like after partying or whatever Like gotta get the bets in, NFL Sundays Oh no, I did it another time because Vince likes when I go down there too to like put action in the one time i'm like i'm not doing this today and all of his plays won i'm like i'll never do that again hey buddy you won like 300 something dollars i gotta pay the guy weekdays 4 p.m eastern 1 p.m pacific only on the fantasy sports radio network ladies and gentlemen frank is completely on tilt right now slam the headphones off saying repeatedly, I'm going to effing kill somebody. I'm going to effing kill somebody. Like, I don't think that happened. I'm like, Frank, are you, are, are you okay? Like, are you all right? And I was ready to like, see something that was like, significantly wrong with our stream. Something was significantly wrong uh, at home. Uh, some, like, like Kingo was like, bothering him. 
David Dahl and Daniel Murphy are out of the lineup today. And Frank Frank's very upset about I'm getting, I'm getting I've really never seen Frank so angry about that. Like, I've seen him pl- angry plenty. Like, about this. I you should have heard the words Brad coming out of his mouth. I cannot repeat them. On I don't the want air. to get angry in front of Brad. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Like, how mad you just were. And still are, probably, because it's been about 30 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's just very frustrating. I know they're facing a lefty, but it's, it's six games at home this week in cores, and I have them both in points leagues where you just need volume, Greg. You need your guys to be on the field. But it's maybe just, they would have maybe really went, like, 0 for 4. It would have hurt you. Not likely. They're going up against Derek Holland, and it's in Coors Field, Greg. It's a really frustrating situation. Oh, well, this Ryan, at least Ryan McMahon is in the lineup. Ryan McMahon's in the lineup. Great. Thanks, Greg. You make everything better. I know I They're do. They're going to pinch hit late in the game, though. You'll still get something out of them. I hope you're right, Brad. I hope you're right. Brad, Brad's a glass half full kind of guy. You can tell. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate the help. Not a glass half full kind of guy. That would be you. Oh, admittedly. I'm the most pessimistic person. Yeah. I like to call it realistic. It's pessimistic. All right. For sure. You call, it, you call it pessimistic, I call it realistic. Brad, you were relatively pessimistic about Luis Severino and Clayton Kershaw coming into the year. Kershaw has been back and has seemingly been healthy. You mentioned him back in March when we were together at the NFBC, and he's been awesome. He's been, well, not Clayton Kershaw, but pretty damn close to it since the start of the season. Does it continue for him? I think there's a chance. I mean, he's basically put up putting up almost identical numbers to, to what he did last year. So um, if, if you were content with what he did last year, I mean, he's, he's not the, the eight, nine inning guy, you know, now and then he's, he's averaging about what, six innings a start or something. Like, I think that's probably what you're going to get at this, this point in his career when they're trying to, to keep him from having a back injury at some point during the season that, that um, sets him back. Uh, the one thing they did with him that, that I feel like the Yankees didn't do with Severino. And this was my, my hesitancy in drafting either one of them was they didn't rush him back. They let him come back on his terms when, when everything felt right. And, and I feel like Severino probably got pushed a little bit, and, and that's why he is where he's at. So um, I, I think if, if you're content with, with Clayton Kershaw of 2018 as opposed to Clayton Kershaw of 2010, then, yeah, I, I think you're going to get similar numbers the rest of the season. And, um, you know, he, he's smart. He's, he's driven. He's, the, he, he just isn't capable. He doesn't have the same stuff that he did before, um, you know, probably because of age and the, the wear and tear on his body from the injuries. Uh, at the same time, like if you're like I said, if you're content with what you got in 2018, then then you're going to be, I think, very content with what you get the rest of the season, too. Greg, we've seen this with a few starting pitchers that later on in their career, they start to use the breaking stuff a little bit more because the fastball just the, the velocity isn't where it used to be. Maybe can't spot the pitch the way that they used to just can't blow it by. I think that's what we're seeing with Kershaw right now, using the slider a lot more this year, and he's been pretty successful doing so. And Brad, another pitcher that I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, real quick here, Chris Sale. I mean, just absolutely dominant last night, and he has three double-digit strikeout performances in his last four games. And I remember, Greg, in his first start of the year against the Seattle Mariners, A-Rod and the ESPN broadcast talking about how he wasn't going to be himself until May because he got a late start in spring training. So, Brad, I wanted to just get your thoughts on that, the fact that he started as late as he did in the spring. Uh, he had a deep run into the postseason last year, and ultimately it seems like it, it affected him early on in the season, but now he's kind of returning to what we expected him to be now a month into the season. Yeah, and this this to me is a, a complete tribute to Dana LaVange, the, the Red Sox pitching coach, because – 
Dana is fantastic. He he knows his stuff as well as any pitching coach that I ever played for. And he he saw you, you see things, you know, look at Madison Bumgarner. Um, look at, at Matt Kane, the years that the Giants, 2010, 2012, 2014, they're pitching deep into October every year. The next years, they were not quite the same. It was it was just like this little step back, but they didn't adjust their spring training workload much. Their spring training workload was very similar. This year, I think they probably told Chris Sale, don't even touch a baseball until January. And then at that point, whenever you feel like getting on the mound, we'll start working with you then. As opposed to a lot of guys who are who are picking up a ball in December, especially starting pitchers that are starting to try to build build that stamina and that strength. So I, I think it, they expected some lumps along the way, especially when you saw his velocity down a little bit early in the season. They knew that he was going to come back. You know, you don't give a guy $145 million this offseason to, you know, if you have any concerns about it long term. They just had to manage it early in the season. And, and I think for the Red Sox in general, that they're, you know, that was a team that hadn't gone deep into the playoffs in in a lot of a lot of years. And so they don't have the experience of like how do we come back off of that? They had to rely on coaches, um, you know, front office to help, you know, what is what is our plan to get these guys ready for the season? And they struggled early in the season. They, you know, you could almost kind of see they weren't ready. Now they're starting to kind of right the ship a little bit and it makes you wonder like, are they going to flip the switch and all of a sudden, you know, potentially end up another 100-win team, um, even even with the bad start? And and Chris Sale's at the forefront of that. He's, I mean, he's as, as good, I mean, he was as good last night as you've, you've seen him in a long, long time. So um, it's it's um, encouraging, you know, if you're a Boston fan, if you're a Chris Sale owner. Um, and at the same time, uh, I, I think this is this is definitely the norm. You're going to see the the sale that we saw last year. That's that's what you're getting the rest of this year too, because uh, he, he's definitely got it all worked out. Good news there on Chris Sale, Greggy. Absolutely, he's finally warmed up, and things are certainly looking in the right direction. We're going to get into his line in just a moment. Um, but Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw, two veterans who getting the job done for fantasy owners uh, thus far this season. With that, we're going to say goodbye to Brad. Brad, we appreciate the time as always, man. Uh, this has been a blast, and I just learned so much when we talk to you each and every week, and I can't wait to do it again next week. I appreciate it. My pleasure, and we will definitely see you Thursday. Absolutely. That's Brad Ziegler. You can listen to his podcast on The Athletic, and of course, follow him on Twitter. Frank, let's get into Chris Sale. Let's get into what he did last night and this Red Sox-Orioles game uh, that went into extra innings and well, was a good one uh, between Boston and Baltimore. Ultimately, uh, Ricky Sanders was, was right when it came to DFS and Andrew Benintendi when it was all said and done. Boston was able to go into Baltimore, pick up the victory 2-1 to one in a brilliantly pitched ball game on both sides. Sale, 14 strikeouts over his eight innings, didn't walk anybody. It certainly helps me playing the Orioles. Three hits, just one run, one run. The bullpen was excellent for Baltimore, for Boston, excuse me. Matt Barnes pitched the ninth, got himself a little bit of trouble. Brandon Workman, Ryan Brazier, and Heath Hembury were all absolutely fantastic with Hembury striking at the side uh, to pick up his first save of his career. Andrew Kashner was stellar against Boston. Six innings, four hits, one run, one walk. He struck out five. Only run he allowed was Mookie Betts in the first inning, or the third inning rather, uh, with a 400-foot shot. Trey Mancini, the only one to get to Chris Sale. Ben Benintendi, I mentioned that's Homer uh, in the 12th. Really, really impressive pitching performances on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. We'll start with Chris Sale, obviously, here. 24 swinging strikes yesterday on 108 pitches. The velo on the fastball, 
93.3 miles per hour. Again, not where it's been in years past. Did max out at 96.4 miles per hour in the start. Uh, but the swinging strikes were absolutely there. Going up against an Orioles lineup, Greg, you probably wouldn't have guessed this. They're middle of the pack when it comes to swinging strikes. They're not a team that also, you know, in, it, it seems like in years past, they've struck out a lot. They've swung and missed a lot. It seems like they're putting the bat on the ball a little bit more so this season. So I think that makes it a little bit more impressive here from Chris Sale. The fact that he had the 24 swinging strikes, 14 swinging strikes on the fastball, 8 swinging strikes on the slider, 14 strikeouts in general. Uh, the command seemed like it was better. Obviously, 14 strikeouts to zero walks. I mean, that'll get it done. So starting to calm down some of the concerns of Chris Sale owners out there. I don't think that this is a sell-high situation. You drafted Chris Sale into the first round, early second round for a reason. Um, I have to agree with what Brad said, obviously, and, and what a lot of people have said. We've had a Boston Beat reporter on here as well, Greg talking about they wouldn't have gave him an extension if there was anything wrong with him. Right. I think we're starting to see that now. It uh, just took him a little bit longer than everyone else because he got a late start in spring training. So I think this makes uh, everyone feel a lot better. Certainly makes me feel better. I have him in the NFBC main event. Um, I did want to mention Workman as well. If you play in a saves plus holds leagues or you just need a reliever that's going to help you out with your ratios, Brandon Workman has been awesome so far this year. He's got a 1.53 ERA. He's got... 25 strikeouts and 17.2 innings pitch, 0.85 uh, whip. He's been lights out. On the other side, Greg, Andrew Kashner. I know for the most part, like we've all, we all know who Andrew Kashner is we at do. this point in his career. But I will say this over in four of his last five starts, he's given up three earned runs or less. I'm not running out to the waiver wire. I'm not saying, you know, Andrew Kashner's a must add. But if you play an AL only, this might be a guy that was available. I know normally when we talk about AL only, we say, look, anyone who has a pulse, but. You have this image in your mind of Andrew Kasher being so bad for so long. He might actually be out there in an AL-only league. So he's pitching well right now. Again, four of the past five starts. Three earned runs or less. Not doing it in, like, mixed leagues yet. Uh, maybe if he continues to keep it up, it's something I'll consider. But I'll just put it out there. AL-only, he has pitched better as of late. We chose the wrong week to drop Joey Ricard, by the way. Two oh, stolen, is that true? Two stolen bases. Or a stolen base. Yeah, a stolen base, which yeah. is the second. Yeah, I mean... I'm not too mad about it. He's nice. hitting 202 with a 649 OPS. Would have been nice to have. Mookie Betts also <laughs> picked up a second stolen base of the season last night. Uh, I know Mookie's been good in the overall lines. Great. Only two stolen bases. You hope that would be a little bit higher uh, considering he went with the second overall pick in fantasy drafts. Yeah, it might be a little bit harder for him to get to that 30 stolen base threshold that we were all hoping for. Yeah. Maybe he's closer to 20 to 25 when it's all said and done this year. But the power's starting to come around. The batting average coming around. He's hitting 290. A lot of people were worried about him. Just a few weeks ago, people were asking us trade questions. What do I do with Mookie Betts? He's going to be just fine. Um, again, the stolen bases might be a little bit down this year, but you know, at least comparatively to some other first-round picks who've got off to slow starts, Jose Ramirez, I know he hit a home run yesterday too, but Mookie Betts has been a lot better than him. So it could be worse than what Mookie Betts is giving you right now. And yes, shout-out to Ricky Sanders for Andrew Benintendi. I used him in DFS last night, Greg. The streak is alive. The streak is alive. The streak is alive and well. Excellent. Yes, who won't be in our DFS lineup today, Greg. Daniel Murphy. Or David Dahl. David Dahl. Yeah. I had to wait until Brad was off. You, I, didn't want him, I didn't want to show him the you were You were mad, man. You were very, very angry. Because I'm 2-3 and three in my home league, which is a points league. And mm. I'm in a very close game right now. Matchup this week. And I don't want to fall to 2-4. and four. It's hard to climb out of that hole, man. It's, just, it's really frustrating. I have four Rockies players on my team. I have Daniel Murphy. I have David Dahl. I have... 
Trevor Story. At least you know, Story's going to be in there every day. We hope. And then I have Ryan McMahon, who, great, he's playing against a lefty today. He'll probably be benched tomorrow against a lefty. So, just really frustrating situation. If you're playing points leagues, obviously you need volume. It's a six-game week in Coors Field, all home games. You figure, yeah, let's get Daniel Murphy going a little bit. Let's get David Dahl going a little bit. Some home games here. Nope, out of the lineup. You're right, Craig. I am on full tilt. Told you. Very frustrating situation. You got to be rich now with how much you've won. From LBDFS. You I, win every day. I play, I play $2 cash games. <laughs> Not even $5, huh? No. I'm up to 13 bucks. Nice, man. I mean, you know, I just want to dabble it's a little bit. Money, I want to you know, play a little DFS and whatever. See if we keep the streak alive. See your streaks, by the way. Get in our FanDuel game tomorrow. Tell them. Yeah, yeah. Get in a FanDuel game. Last week it ran for money. Uh, I could pull it up and see who won. I know Constantine. Wasn't me. Show, a friend of the program. Loyal listener and watcher finished in yeah. third place, so he finished in the money last week. Uh, doo, 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 doo. I'll pull up the history. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's, the, uh, it's our FanDuel contest. It's a $2 entry. It's a 20-person contest. Top three pay out if you've been yes, in Yes, two days future one. Yes, two days future. He's been in there every single week. He or she, I assume it's he, but uh, probably shouldn't do that. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. Today's climate, Frank. They've, they've been it. They've, uh, he's been in it the past couple of weeks. And there you go. Puts it together. Gets a win. If you've been in this contest before, you're already in it. Just go to your friends tab on FanDuel. Uh, and then tonight around 10 p.m., they'll open it up because then the next day's slate uh, will be ready to go. They'll, they'll have the salaries and you'll be able to set your lineup. So tonight, early tomorrow, during the day tomorrow, whenever you want, if you've been in the contest, just make sure you set your lineup. Or if you want to get in, hit me up at Roto underscore Frank or leave us a comment on YouTube with your FanDuel username and I will send you the invite. There you go. There you go. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. It's funny you talk like that, Greg, because while I was editing your NBA video today. Is your star out? No, no, no. I noticed that um, your jacket looks a little like mafioso-esque. Kind of like a, really? like a velour a velour suit that you used to see on the Sopranos from some of the characters. It's not really a, a tracksuit. It's just a sweater. It just reminded me of that while you were. Really? Yeah. While I was editing the videos today. I was like, yeah. Greg, Greg looks a little, uh, little mafioso action today. Hmm. You didn't think that? No. When you, when you put this on today? It would just... The only thing that could make this better is if you were just wearing a wife beater underneath and not a white t-shirt. That would be absurd. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm just... What, 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 what can I do to make <laughs> can it we make that happen, Greg? No. What can I... I don't actually... Even, I'll go to Models and get you a tank top. I don't actually own any. Really? Yeah, never. I never was one you of the guys... undershirts? I ain't wearing one right now. I, I normally wear undershirts. Uh, it depends on the sweater. Shirt a little bit, a little bit snugger than I'd like it to be. Like with t-shirts, I don't wear undershirts like that. Like I never wear an undershirt. But normally, like. if I wear just like a graphic tee, I don't like when it like scratches up against my body, so I wear a tank top. Like no, I, I don't. Right. I never wore uh, for whatever reason when like white feeders became popular. What other name? Give me, give me tees. <laughs> right, like you said it now. I don't know what like the better. Mike Cardano's on the phone line right now. What do you mean, give me tees? What are you calling a white feeder? Like. Yeah, that probably doesn't sound good. So I don't really know what's better. In, in today's climate. Yeah. I think so, they're called um, athletic shirts, Greg. So they are athletic shirts? I think when you buy like the Hanes package, that's what it says on it. Athletic so shirts. when they they're started... They're tank become, tops. They're undershirts. Yeah, yeah. so the, the undershirt tank top is what it is. So when they became popular back in... Back in the day, I guess. Not in our day when we were like, growing up. I never understood the reason for it. Like I never understood why people wore it. I still don't, to be totally honest with you. Like you see... Well, the, I just told you. If you just don't like... If you don't fabric? like the material of your shirt or something, just rubbing up on your skin, like you wear a tank top underneath. Because I'm always somebody that when I buy t-shirts, I really like, like the soft t-shirts. 
Okay. Well, be, that makes sense. I, I try to always buy the During the shirts. winter, too, I like to wear layers. So sure. even if I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt, I like to wear... Well, you wear an like undershirt a, like I'm wearing right now. I, I prefer a tank top. Oh. So just like a, like a white tee undershirt. Yeah, like a white tan shirt. Yeah, like so I'll wear like the white V-neck underneath like a button-down or something like that, or maybe a polo. Right. But I, yeah, like it's a polo, just like an undershirt that I... Like a polo, I won't wear anything under. Just wear the polo. Okay. Well, some of the polo materials are not great either. I guess I'm just used to them. I think I, I, I got a shop where Greg shops. Get some, get some nice fluffy clothing. Maybe from, the, from like Target, but sure. <laughs> you yeah, right, Greg. Like you shop in Target. I like Target. Yeah, I've seen those Banana Republic receipts. He's thinking about it right now. He's like, yeah, I have some Banana Republic clothes. <laughs> I definitely have Banana Republic clothes. That's a, that's a guarantee. I mean, that's something only a rich man would say. Banana, you don't have any Banana Republic clothes? <laughs> I don't have any Banana Republic shirts. Uh, this is from Express, actually. I'm a, right. I like Express. It's very similar. I only go there when there's sales. <laughs> you can never shop without sales. It's stupid if you do it otherwise. Yeah. Um, Express always has uh, big Black Friday sales. That's when I get a lot of my shopping done. Jeans. Everyone does Black Friday shopping for other people. I do it for myself. No, it's the best. <laughs> jeans. Uniqlo, obviously. Okay. Yeah, I'm rocking the Uniqlo jeans. You have to rock, rock the Uniqlo. I think we'll get back to baseball. All right. That seems fair. Uh, what we'll get into after this, we'll get to Houston. We'll get into Brad Peacock's performance. Justin Turner. Homer's, I picked him up. Justin Turner. Homer's again. And uh, Texas got a save yesterday. But it wasn't Sean Kelly. We'll say who it was next. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. In this league. Do you know what's going on? No, I don't know. Two of the biggest entities in the world are coming together. Is it the NFL and the NBA? It's not. It's are, we, not. are we finally going to get that league that basketball promised us with, like, you know, hitters and uh, uh, basketball players and football players all together? That's more likely than MLB and the uh, CBA getting together. <laughs> I promise you, no. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. I was just telling Frank that we're going uh, I'm going out for my buddy's birthday after work today And he's just like Well don't do what I did And stay out to the middle of the night I hope I don't Frank yeah, 
went out for one of my buddy's birthdays last night. Watched some baseball, watched some basketball. We got into a huge... Were you there, to the, were you there to the end of the Rockets game? Yes. Oh, and then man. I walked home after that. Oh, man. Yeah, I was out kind of late. Yeah. I probably went to sleep around 2 o'clock in the morning, so didn't get enough sleep. Uh, but I'm all right, Greg. I'm here. I'm more energized than I thought I would be. I think it's the fact that I just ate a pumpernickel bagel, so that was awesome. Um, we had a huge debate last night, Greg. Sure. About r- whether Russell Westbrook is a winning player or not. And they started mocking me. Usually he's not. Yeah. Obviously. I was completely off of him. And, you know, there's, a, there's fanboys out there that they're blinded by. They can't look at situations objectively. So they're like, oh, yeah, Russell Westbrook's not good. Oh, yeah, he averages a triple-double. And then they start getting on me. Oh, but Chris Paul, is he a winning player? Blah, blah, blah. No. All right. He's not. Well, he makes better decisions than Russell Westbrook. That's a different question. You said who, you asked me if Chris Paul's a winning player. He's not. Technically, he's not a winning player. Correct. Neither is Russell Westbrook. Agreed. But he, I meant it more in the sense that he doesn't make winning decisions the way that he plays. You know what I'm saying? Like a team led by Russell Westbrook will never win. The same way that we said it about Carmelo Anthony. He's very stubborn. He takes like long mid-range jump shots. He takes a lot of threes. Why I have you for a second when it comes to basketball? Yeah, I don't know. Russell Westbrook is very frustrating. As fun as he is to watch, he's also frustrating to watch. So admittedly, I was, I was sleeping. But how does James Harden not take a shot in the final eight minutes of the game? How is that possible? How, how is it possible? That was basically in the, in the thick of our arguing. Okay. So I, I honestly wasn't paying the most attention. <laughs> <laughs> like, this poor lady's trying to shut down the bar, and we're just yelling at each other. That's great. You can't close the bar before the game ends anyways. Last night, I went to bed, like, past couple of nights before that, I had gone to bed, like, between 12 and 12.30. Last night, I went to bed at, like, 11. Oh, my God, I felt amazing. <laughs> Greg, you needed the recharge. I did. I did. It's just so hard to go to sleep when you have, like, these crazy, I know. awesome West Coast games going on. I was just so tired. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Tonight, you know, tonight's God knows what's going to happen. All right, so I mentioned the save in Texas yesterday. That's where I want to go next. I know it was yesterday afternoon. Uh, but Texas was able to defeat Pittsburgh 9-6. to The only interesting part to me is that in the ninth inning, game on the line, it wasn't Sean Kelly. Who hadn't pitched since Saturday, I believe. It wasn't Jose Leclerc. It was Chris Martin, who we speculated could be in the mix, but Sean Kelly had been tr- treated as the closer. Were you surprised by Chris Martin? And what does this mean for the Sean Kelly fans going forward? I was a little bit surprised by this. Um, I know when everything originally went down with Jose Leclerc, uh, their, their manager did mention that Chris Martin could be in the mix with Sean Kelly. It could be uh, both of those guys together in tandem. I do think Sean Kelly's stuff is a little bit better and more suited as a closer, and he has more experience. I saw someone tweet me yesterday that Chris Martin was already warming up because the game was tied heading into the ninth, and then they took the lead. They took a three-run lead in the top of the ninth. So they speculated that, all right, maybe Chris Martin was already warming up because it was a tie game, so we'll just bring him in because he's already ready to go. So that could be one situation. I've also read that it sounds like it could be sooner rather than later that LeClerc gets his job back, right? Yeah, I saw that too. I've seen quotes regarding that. He's made two appearances since being removed as the closer the other day. He went two scoreless innings pitched. So... This could just be a short-term thing, but it seems like for now, it might just be like a mix-and-match situation between Sean Kelly and Chris Martin, which is very frustrating because it's not like the Rangers are going to win all that many games. I mean, they're not bad, but they're 17-17 and right now. They're a 500 team. Um, This seems like a frustrating situation right now for for fantasy owners. If you own Sean Kelly, it seems like it might be both him and Chris Martin. Kind of a mix-and-match here, Greg. Yeah, and that's why Matt and and Frank both said you're not going to 
overspending to go get Sean Kelly. Listen, don't spend three hundred fifty dollars like it happened in our GSC league. Exactly. Like that's a mis- clearly a mistake. Yeah, very big mistake. And you're, that owner is probably freaking out after the result yesterday. The other big takeaway from this Rangers Pirates game is that after the game, Delano DeShields, much like Malik Smith, was optioned to Triple A. He did steal his eighth base of the year. But well, what are you life. trying to do right now with the uh, much like Malik Smith? You know, I'm making a joke because we talked about how I pick up Delano DeShields. I, I had said last week I pick yeah, up Delano DeShields because he's in the majors. Well, I just wanted to now make sure not. that you weren't like, taking a jab at me because I like Delano DeShields. I'm, I'm taking a jab at myself. Yeah, I wanted to I make sure that that's what you're doing. I wasn't because even mentioning. If you were doing it, then I was going to do it. I wasn't even because mentioning. you told people to how... drop Malik Smith for Delano DeShields, and now Delano DeShields is in the minors, and Malik Smith is absolutely tearing up I the minor I wasn't even mentioning how you were all over Delano DeShields coming into the season. And I was just like, this is stupid because he sucks over him he was like one of my last round picks in a few leagues and he's given me the fact that he gave me seven or eight stolen bases to this point i'm fine with it greg he's that's what i wanted out of him he stinks i hope you didn't drop malik smith for him that's the moral of the story hopefully you dropped it for someone that's going to continue to play but anyway like hunter pence that's where i was going the shield is was optioned and the way that the lineup kind of maneuvers itself that means your everyday center fielder for the texas rangers looks like it's going to be joey gallo which is like, what? Couldn't play third with the, uh, with the Brewers approach here, Greg. Pretty much. Score more runs than the other team. We don't care who plays defense. Isn't that how it works? Greg, you might be signed to play defense for this team soon. I, you know, I could do it. I, I, not. I used to have speed. <laughs> I used oh to God. have speed. Oh my Greg's God. ability to play defense in, in Major League Baseball. I used to have speed. Speaking of Greg's speed what? and defense. Oh, don't tell me you, you played a sport recently. I got the email to sign up kickball this morning. And I signed up within four seconds. <laughs> We're back, baby. Let's go. We're back, baby. You and the squad? Defending champs. Here we go. What's the squad name? Uh, the Kickballers. The ki- oh, God. You knew that. It's the same, same, same name we've always had. Greg, if, this is your four if for my God. kickball team name was the Kickballers, you would crush me. No, I'd be, I'd be pumped. You would never let me live it down. I'd be jealous. No, you would say that is incredibly uh, not creative, and, and it's a stupid I didn't, name. You don't think I named the team? I, if I named the team, I would have been better than that. Well, I'm surprised that you haven't had a little bit more influence on it, to, to be honest. With the defending champs, who cares? <laughs> yeah, you can be named whatever you want. Back to Hunter Pence, anyway. Once I saw this news in the middle of the day yesterday, I, I immediately tweeted out uh, a, a graphic of his stat cast numbers so far this year, Greg. He's, it's a resurgent season for him. I don't know what happened for Hunter Pence the past couple of years until now. Maybe he's always been this player, but he played in, at the time, AT&T Park in San Francisco, where it just saps all your power. Uh, it's where hitters go to die. But he is revitalized, Greg. He's hot right now. Five homers, 21 ribbies, hit a pinch hit game time grand slam yesterday. He's hitting 340, 344. The exit velocity is amazing right now. 93 mile per hour average exit velocity. 359 expected batting average. The hard hit rate. I mean, all the stat cast numbers, even the sprint speed. He's in the 86th percentile. Who is this player? And what did you do with Hunter Pence? This guy, did he, did, he drive, did he take the DeLorean, Greg, back to the future? He's 36 years old, and he's awesome right now. He's been very, very good. So much so, I actually picked him up in the pit league this morning. And that's a great pickup. Yeah. I, you know, I tweeted out that he is a viable pickup right now. Quality lineup, good ballpark to hit in. Seems like he's going to play every day. Probably play more than David Dahl and Daniel Murphy. Not letting you live that one down, Bud Black. Hunter Pence should... Absolutely be owned right now. He went for $16 fab last night. In my wow, opinion. that's a lot of money. That is a lot. That is a lot. That's too much. That's too much. Yeah. I agree. That's too much. If you really wanted to be aggressive on him, five, six, seven bucks, I could see going that high. 
16, 16 is way too much. That's like Sean Kelly too much. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. And God bless you, Greg. But Hunter Pence should be owned. Thanks, bud. I would say almost universally right now, especially where you, where you have five outfielders. As long as he's going to play his, every day. His expected as as batting high, average yeah. is the highest in baseball. No way. He is the 100th percentile. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what's going on with Hunter Pence, but I want to be part of it. We also wanted to give credit in, when it comes to this game to Chris Venture, the closer. Because Josh Bell goes deep again for the ninth time this season. Josh Bell's batting line, folks, 295 average, a 371 on base percentage. He has those nine home runs to go along with 27 RBI as well as um, 22 runs scored. He's been fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, especially hitting in a ballpark that's not really conducive to offense. Not the best lineup of all time either here in Pittsburgh, Greg, but he is doing some really, really nice things. I mentioned the average exit velocity for Hunter Pence was 93 miles per hour, which was like in the 95th percentile. Josh Bell is in the 97th percentile right now in average exit velocity, 94.5 miles per hour. The guy's just absolutely mashing. He had a 470-foot home run, Greg, yesterday. It, it cleared the stadium. It landed in the lake. The guy is just, he's putting it all together right now. Shout out to all the, the Josh Bell truthers out there. I, I was a doubter coming into the year. You know, take this L. I'll hold it right up on my forehead. Not that I was rooting against Josh Bell. Uh, it's just... Seemed like he had one really good year, then one down year. I think th this is part of, just don't write off these prospects, man. This was a guy who had serious prospect pedigree, and it took a couple of years, but it seems like he's all putting it together all at once right now, Greg. The expected batting average, really good. Um, the launch angle is up this year. He had been a guy who struggled hitting too many ground balls the past couple of seasons, hitting more line drives, hitting more fly balls, and it's working out, man. If you drafted Josh Bell, seems like you got yourself a, uh, a top 12 first baseman here, Greg. Want to hear an awesome little fantasy nugget in my head? My home league? Sure. I know the, per I know the person playing is listening or listens later. So he started Robbie Ray against me, uh, against the Rays in the, in the Daily League. Right? Robbie Ray against right. the Rays. Right. Okay. Quality start league. Robbie Ray goes five and two-thirds. Oh, the quality start teaser right there. So then, That's not good. my closer and one of my closers in this league, Greg Holland, blows his first save of the season, which costs him... Is win. So you were okay with it? Oh, thrilled! Okay. <laughs> it was. But would you rather have the save or would you rather have him have the win? Oh, I'd much rather. I'd much rather give up the save. Okay. So he doesn't get the win. Oh, it's very spiteful of you, Greg. I love it. You know, I have <laughs> I have plenty of other closers. Like I have Kirby Yates, who also got the save yesterday. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, I have Kirby Yates, and I have the Mean Green saving machine hasn't gotten one this weekend, right? Well, he does play for the Tigers, Greg. So <laughs> that's an issue. A I little guess. bit limited here at times. But I was just pumped that the one time Greg Holland blows a save came for his pitcher. So it worked out great. I love the spite. I love the spite there. Greg. Thanks, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of spite. I know you are. Uh, in that one, uh, Robbie, Robbie Ray, 11 strikeouts, three walks, four hits, allowed no runs. Chuck Morton, eight strikeouts, four, walks four. That's not good. It's a Robbie Ray type batting. struggle with walks at times. Robbie Ray type batting. Seven innings, uh, seven hits, uh, two runs allowed uh, here in this one. Yeah, pretty... Pretty awesome performance here from Robbie Ray. Doing a lot of what he's always done. I mean, the K per nine, right around where it's been. I mean, it's over 11 this year. Still walking a ton of guys. Almost five walks per nine right now for Robbie Ray. But thus far, not giving up the home runs. I think we're starting to see some of the effects of uh, the humidor here helping out a guy like Robbie Ray. Still gives up a lot of hard contact. It's something he's always done. Robbie Ray is always a pitcher that is going to have a wide range of outcomes. He gets a lot of strikeouts. But he walks a lot of guys and 
gives up a lot of hard contact. So when he's making the right pitches and he's on, he can get out of these jams that he gets himself into because he walks a lot of guys via the strikeout. But there are also going to be those performances where he walks a few guys, gives up one really hard hit, and that hard hit turns out to be a three-run homer. So you get a wide range of outcomes for Robbie Ray, but I think if you drafted him right now, Greg, overall, you feel pretty damn good. He's got a 3-3-0 ERA. Uh, he's giving you a ton of strikeouts. The whip is one two eight. never going to be great. He's probably going to hover around that one three zero range for the whip. Uh, but I think if you draft him right now, you feel pretty good. I agree. I, th- I think this is exactly what you hope for uh, from a guy like Robbie Ray. One other note from this game. Nate Lowe. Bye-bye. Option to the minors here with Austin Meadows sets a return to the Rays lineup tomorrow. That sucks. Yeah, it does. And also tweeted about this yesterday. Drink. Not nearly as warranted as Carter Keboom. Sure. Because Nate Lowe was actually playing well. He had gotten the batting average up to 300. I agree with Matt's take on Nate Lowe from Monday. That he's, he's a pretty pure hitter. You look at the minor league numbers. He's hit every level he's been at. Might be one of the better Rays hitters now on the team if he were allowed to stay. Uh, I think it's unfortunate. If I, uh, what I've, similar to what I've said about Keyboom, if you can afford to hold on to him, obviously if, if you have a minor league spot, you could stash him there. But overall, if you can afford to hold on to him, I think I would. I think there's a, lot, a decent amount of upside there. And it's a good Tampa Bay Rays lineup. And, you know, he's just another injury away from potentially being back here in the Rays lineup. We, we said that about Verdugo. You know, one injury away, and now and now it seems like he's an everyday player as well. So I would try my best to hold on to Nate Lowe. It's unfortunate, but these things happen in baseball, unfortunately. I mentioned before with... Hey, we get Austin Meadows back. We do, tonight, tomorrow. Uh, with the Houston Astros and Brad Peacock, I wanted to get into that because Brad Peacock was phenomenal. Seven innings, 12 strikeouts, allowing no runs, one walk, uh, just three hits. You, on the other side, uh, one of Frank's sneakier players, Jorge Lopez, not so good. Two innings, six hits, six runs, three walks, two strikeouts. Why are you going to do that, Gray? I haven't talked about Jorge Lopez in, in maybe a month. Ever since I got his name wrong. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to skip over Jorge Lopez <laughs> in this one. But Brad Peacock, you mentioned it. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, yeah. That's exactly what he was. Uh, seven shutout innings, three hits, one walk. Picked him up in the pit league this morning because God knows I can't get any good pitching right now. Probably going to lose to Yang. And if you listen to the network, you've heard the promo. If Yang wins, he gets to be a guest on our show, Greg. Even though, like, I didn't agree to that. I've told him countless times, dude, if you want to come on the show, like, you're welcome. To come. Like, we'll have you on if you want to come on and hang out. Uh, but not looking good right now because I had Bauer give up eight earned runs the other day. I had McHugh in my lineup. He gave up eight earned runs the other day. I had Loisaga in the lineup last night. Not great, Bob. ERA is not looking too good, so I need some help. I picked up Brad Peacock. Uh, if he's out there in any of your leagues, I would say, obviously, pick him up. 12 strikeouts here. This is the upside that he can give you, especially going up against a pretty good uh, Kansas City Royals lineup. You saw what they did against McHugh a couple of nights ago. Uh, We spoke about Blake Snell earlier on in the week. They got to Blake Snell twice in the past couple of weeks. This is a sneaky good Kansas City Royals lineup. It all starts at the top with Merrifield and Monesey and what those guys do setting the table, but sneaky lineup here, really good performance from Brad Peacock. Um, You know that he has this kind of upside. You just want to see him put it together a little bit more consistently, Greg. Absolutely. Brad Peacock was a guy I was very high on coming into this year. And Drop me Q for Peacock? Sure. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you would do right now, right? Yeah. I one would. guy performing, one guy not. I would. How good has Michael Brantley been, by the way? Oh, yeah. I did want to mention that, man. Michael Brantley, Dude. 340. He hasn't had like a swinging strike in like 
He's ridiculous, man. And we haven't really talked about him because I don't think you have any shares. I don't have any shares. Two homers yesterday. It's not that I disliked Michael Brantley. No, he's the he's the the Hinjin Ryu of hitters. I agree with that. He's really good when he's on the field. It's just how long is he going to stay healthy for? He's in an ideal spot. Good lineup, good ballpark. He's batting clean up for the Astros. He's right behind Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve batting ahead of Carlos Correa. You can't really ask for much more. He's the outfield four overall in Roto right now. He's the outfield six in points leagues. And you would think that he's better in points leagues because he doesn't strike out and he hits a lot of doubles. The guy has just been absolutely ridiculous. Two dingers last night. He's up to nine home runs. He's got... How many RBIs does this guy have already? He's got 27 ribbies batting... 340, you can toy with the idea of him being a sell high if you think that he's going to get hurt at some point. Depends what you could get back, obviously. Like, if you could get a proven, you know, top 10, top 15 type outfielder back for uh, Michael Brantley right now, it's something that I would look into because I would imagine at some point he's probably going to miss time. I don't want to doubt the guy. He's been awesome. Uh, But if you're not finding any takers, if no one wants to pay up, I'm just holding out. I'm holding out, and I'm going to continue to reap these rewards. Come along with Michael Brantley. It's been ridiculous. He's been absolutely amazing. We'll take a break. When we come back, Chris Venture will join us. We're going to be joined by Dr. Ray as well this hour to go over some of the latest injuries. So stick around. A whole lot more to come in hour number two with BFFs right after this. 